Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, Internet? You're listening to another episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. We talk about geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And as always, it is your boy, DJ Ben-Hameen, a.k.a. the captain of the spaceship Wakanda's favorite DJ, the anti-tripe equation, Dr. Whose Mans is this? Who the boy with no shame? And as always, well, not as always, but for long-term listeners, making his triumphant return from the spacewalk is... Chico Leo, a.k.a. Rogue Wonderful. Oh, very nice, very nice. Rogue Wonderful is in the spaceship. I was, I was actually going to go with uh, Mr. Miracle Whips tonight, but, you know, I'll leave that for another one because we have, you know, returning. I think this is, you're now, once again, the mayor of the spaceship, once again, because this might be your fifth appearance on the show. Yes. Let him know who it is. All right, all right, Joe Illage right here, a.k.a. Ill Master One, a.k.a. T'Chaka Khan of the Wakandan High Council, a.k.a. the Luke Cage of Comics, and a.k.a. the John Wick of Words. Wow! <laughs> Triumphant return, as we say. Welcome That's right. T'Chaka Khan, my friend. T'Chaka Khan, yes. <laughs> that is quite exceptional, Mr. Illage. Welcome back to the spaceship. Welcome back to all the listeners out there, all our new listeners. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed on iTunes, on SoundCloud. You know, you can find us right there at Fan Bros Show slash Fan Bros Show. Google us. You know where to find us. We're everywhere. So thank you to everyone out there. It's been a glorious week as always in Fan Bros Show. And we have Chico Leo back, man. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's a little hot, but... uh Enjoying the summer. I mean, it is summertime. You know, it's summer in New York City. It, you know, it what is. do you expect? It's going to be a little hot up in here, Chico. That's right. That's right. You know, the spaceship can't handle all this temperature rising right now. So, you know, you got to deal with it. But, you know, we're here. We're having a good time tonight. And it is a lot of things going on. I mean, but first of all, I mean, this is the most amazing news. Like, this made my effing day right here. Like, straight up and down. Ava DuVernay and Victoria Mahoney the writer behind the series Misfits, which is fire. You can read that article on fanbros.com if you don't know about Misfits, are going to adopt Octavia Butler's Dawn. Ooh. I mean, for real. Can we, can we, can we, can we, can we get some applause? Up yes, yes. Yeah. Like, can we like thank you, Lord Jesus? That's oh, what I'm man. talking about. Ooh, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. I actually myself have never read Dawn. Same here. You know, with Octavia Butler, the one that I read is Mind of My Mind. Okay. You know, so Dawn is something I better catch up to. But just the fact that, you know, the whole story, from what I understand, starts like 250 years after a nuclear war, you know, that's pretty prescient when you think about it because we might go into nuclear war in another 10 days. So oh. basically it oh, sounds yeah. like they yeah. just they just locked into what's basically going to be the documentary of the human race. I mean, but that's interesting. Octavia Butler always has been very prescient, as you say, because the one book that I've read of hers is, or the, the series that I read, is the Parable of the Sower series. And that one, when I read that when I was younger, really bugged me out, like the same way that like a Fahrenheit 451 did, because it was so reflective of our society. And where we were going as a society. Right, right. 
because Parable to Sober is about like a country like America just breaking down, basically, where people, you know, don't have access to food, people don't have access to jobs, to anything, and it just goes apart. You know, the environment's going down, everything, and then this young girl's born, and she starts like the resurrection, you know, and everything like the change. But uh, Dawn is the first novel in Butler's Exogenesis trilogy. I think I got that. Yeah. Dawn, plays two, Dawn takes place 250 years after a nuclear war left humanity almost extinct. And the star is a young woman, Lilith Ayapo. Yeah, and basically she discovers that humans have been saved by this alien race. Do you know about this, Chico? I actually don't like uh, Joe. I've only read one Octavia. Which uh, one was Butler. that? I, I read Kindred, actually, a uh, while ago. And then this year... I actually read the graphic novel that they did of yep. it. Um, I like the book more, um, but, uh, you know, I, I recommend both. Yeah. And so um, I actually don't know the Exogenesis uh, trilogy. I have read, I mean, the Parable of the Sower yeah. is famous. Like oh, that I've read about, and that actually, if I, the next thing I read would probably be that. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm hyped for this. I mean, it's, it's, she is one of the most underrated, like, people in sci-fi american writers in sci-fi and the fact that she's a woman and the fact that she's black i mean it's it's ridiculous that she has not gotten her due i remember actually daniel was was on the show and actually suggested them changing the name there's some award that's named after uh, what's the name of the the racist guy from uh, H.P. Yeah. Orson Scott Card. You, you, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Changing no, no, H.P. Lovecraft. There was some he award. He did say racist. No, it's true. No, no, no. no. It's oh, highly regarded. That's right? true. So, so who, who am I going to talk about? Right. No, no, no. That, but, but, um, yeah. Oh, Daniel Older was on the show, and I remember him talking that they should I think change they this. They got that change. Did they? I think so. Something yeah. happened with that with the state but with the statue of H.P. Lovecraft. She's someone who's not known outside of sci-fi at all like in terms of if you say her name and it's like for the amount of books that she that she has and and she died relatively young Mm. um and so it's like she's someone who should be more well known and in this day and age having a tv series or having a movie is the best way to get your you know stuff out there sadly exactly and what's really beautiful about this to me is basically black women getting together and uplifting the works of black women. Because I really think about um, a friend of mine who passed away a few years ago, a beautiful human being, um, a well-known novelist, um, L.A. Banks. And L.A. Banks wrote the Vampire Huntress legends. And the fact that that never got adapted into a television series, into a movie franchise, really speaks to the institutional prejudices of, you know, the national entertainment complex. So basically what you now have are people like Ava DuVernay and Victoria Mahoney and Oprah Winfrey, and they are utilizing their power to take the stories and the works of black women whom have been marginalized by the entertainment community and uplifting those stories. So it's just that combination to me is at the core what is really beautiful and timely about this announcement. Also, don't forget, there's, there is a whole other generation that's like younger than us at this point in like you have Issa Rae, you have, you know, uh, Jessica Williams, you know, who are out there doing stuff right now that is, um, I mean, it's more contemporary, obviously, uh, than, than genre stuff, but it's not something that's just like, 
you know, you have to be 60 years old or however old Oprah is to, to, to be doing that. Like mm. that there, that there are women, you know, black women stories that are getting told that are from, you know, a, a whole generation younger than us. That's true. That's true. With Jessica Williams anyway. Yeah, well, definitely. But, you know, it's really good to see because, like you said, this Octavia Butler is so underappreciated. And it's just amazing to finally see her words getting, you know, noticed like this. And I'm sure there's going to be a major hit. So then right away after that, you know, people will be interested in getting other of her words. And, like, she has Kindred, which is like a vampire story. No, it's time travel. It's a time wow. travel, like, slave narrative. Oh, no. She also has a uh, – I know she has another one that's a vampire story, but that's crazy. That needs to be done. So, you know, you can see a lot of her things popping off in the near future. So that, you know, claps off, you know, shout outs to everyone involved, especially with all the nonsense, you know, we've been talking for uh, weeks, you know. Please. Uh, I'll take Octavia Butler adaptations over Confederate oh, any day, yeah, think, any day of the week, my friend. Yeah, I, I mean, so. come on, come on. We can do a lot better than that. And, you know, maybe this whole announcement that happened is maybe part of the Black Panther effect. Mm. I mean, because look, let's keep it real. Black Panther is going to make 20 tons of money <laughs> for a number of corporations involved in fashion, involved in music, involved in comics, involved in art, involved in film, involved in electronics it's just going to make everybody money so the anticipation of that and the projected profits of that could possibly facilitate certain things being fast-tracked because by the time you know the nation of wakanda hits us in february 2018 other parties need to hit the ground running with their projects mm. Yeah, I, I actually, so I haven't been on the show in a little while, but I, I've had, like, several really big fights over Confederate. And I have to say, I mean, I'm assuming, uh, you know, Ben has been on Twitter arguing with, you know, with, with people all over the place. But they're really, I mean, people are really, clue, I mean, or, you know, a certain segment of the population is clueless about that, you know, oh, no, we got to let them see, you know, let them see, you know. Let them do it, and we'll see, and blah blah blah. And no, you, uh, yeah. Judd Apatow. No, we do I know. Not no, I, I know. No, we believe do me. Not. And it is interesting. I, you know, I, I sent one guy uh, Tanahasi Coates and and Roxanne, Roxanne Gay's articles, and he basically was like, "Wow, I never thought." You know, I mean, honestly, you have to give certain you know people who at least when you present an argument, you know, and then they're and then they admit they're wrong. That's not the same thing as people when you present an argument and they still are like obtuse in the face of it. And those people, I don't know what to say to those people, but you know, I have actually like I like a situation where I'm like, like this this friend of mine's boyfriend, and I got into a huge argument with him like at a dinner party, and now I like wow. I don't want to be friends with her. Like, well, wow. not not that I don't want to be friends with her, but it's like. I don't know what to say to her the next time. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, literally, yeah. Like, I left the party early. Wow. Because, yeah. I mean, he was getting all smug about it and everything like that. And later on, because I, I think at one point I was like, they're, they're, like, what makes them qualified to, to do a thing about, you know, speaking about race? You know, and then, like, throughout the whole evening, he would be like, well, I'm not qualified to, you know, pick which kind of ice cream you want. So, you know, <laughs> and it was like, what am I, you know what I mean? Like, I can either leave or punch somebody in the face. So it was like that, but it was like all night, like, well, I'm not qualified. You know what I mean? And it was like, 
and and he and he didn't know anything. That was the other thing. Like it, it just was like a bad scene. So I was like the first person to leave, and you know, like whatever. And now you know, the next time I see her, but yeah. So me outside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> On the other hand, like the other dude I know who you know at first was arguing that you know, like as like I spent like twenty minutes talking to him, and I convinced him that he you know he was wrong. And he admitted that and is now arguing with other people about that. You know, like he's taking the right side. So, or at least, you know, what I think is the right side. Well, that that's interesting because I've definitely had, you know, I, I have one tweet that got quoted in several news articles about no Confederates. So I went to the author of one of the articles and was like, oh, man, you know, da, 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 da. I DM'd him immediately. Like, oh, you could have approached me. You could have, you know, hit me up, you know, got my side of the story. And he was like, well, your tweet said it all, womp, 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 womp. And so I started talking to him, and I was like, you know, have you seen the 13th? You know, have you seen this? You know this? And he was just like, well, I disagree with everything in the 13th. And I'm sitting there like, how do you disagree with facts? Like, how do you disagree with the fact that, you know, America was built on a slave economy? You know, how do you disagree with the fact that after that it became sharecropping? How do you disagree with after that we had indentured servitude? How do you disagree with the fact that it keeps leading, you know, one thing led to another right into the prison system that we have today? Two, two days ago, like, 11 or 12 white supremacist groups got together somewhere and basically, like, pledged allegiance to each other <laughs> to, like, lead, you know, lead another civil war or some shit like that. Like, it's like, it's not over. And, and, it, and we talk about it a lot on the show because a lot of people always ask me, why do you always talk about white supremacy? And it's like, most of the things I talk about are the blatant examples of it. I don't have to talk about it so much because it gets redundant. But it's like easy questions. Like I always ask people, especially in relation to what we talk about on the show, why is it that there's only, what is it, 85% of film roles are given to white males? You know, the thing is, so right now, the presidential administration has put us in a climate in which ignoring facts is commonplace. Mm. So basically, by shutting down the truth verbally with enough persistence, suddenly the truth becomes a lie. And so that's what happened in the case when you're talking to someone about the 13th, right? Or it's something that they can't even connect to. Not only are they ignorant, but they can't even connect to it. It doesn't speak to their life experience. Apparently they're devoid of some kind of core morality. So as pathetic as that is, it doesn't surprise me. That's the thing. And so a bunch of us are just going to have to keep fighting back with the truth and with facts and with some level of core morality. And it's as simple as that. The problem is that it's truly exhausting. It is exhausting to get up in the morning every day and say, God damn it, I got to fight some fools again today. Can I get a Saturday where I don't have to fight any fools? But you don't get no days off. Just in quick answer to your question about why are 85% of the film roles, it's probably because at least 85% of the films are written by white men. Mm, there we and go. I, I think that's a, a big part of it. I mean, HBO dropped their numbers, or somebody dropped their numbers for every drama series on HBO right now. And it was something like, I, in the writer's room, it was, whatever the numbers were, there were two people of color, and one white woman, everyone else was a white male. And it's not just the writers. Who are the casting directors? Who are the producers? Who are the executives? The white men are the ones that buy the casting couches 
so they can disrespect women. They're the ones who tell Latino people, you know what? You're too dark-skinned. Why don't you play a black person, Gina Torres? Don't play a Latino person because you're not Latino. Or, you know what? Your accent is too thick. You can't be Puerto Rican. That's not a Puerto Rican accent. So basically, above and beyond the creative roles are the business roles in which these people with a very limited perspective are able to keep us from opportunities with that limited perspective. Again, it's you say a lie enough times and it becomes the truth. Mm. All right. Well, you know, we have a lot more in store. I know everybody is wondering right now where Tatiana is because it's just the three of us here in the spaceship tonight. She will return. You know, she's off making things happen. You know, we got a lot of big things coming up. Before we take this break, though, I have to shout out some people because if you haven't been to fanbros.com lately, it is so popping right now. I mean, it's out of control. Everything is going on over there. Big shout-outs to Grappin and Polymath with his article on the Disney Netflix series news, you know, all that. We're going to talk some more about that later. Big shout-outs to Ashante with the Magicians recaps. Uh, Katrina with the Insecure recaps. Curvy Geek Girl with the Fandom Fashions, which are crazy. You know, shows you how to put together outfits from all type of series and movies. The latest is The Dark Tower. Uncolored Page with his gaming news. And, of course, got a big shout-out to the man himself sitting right here in the spaceship tonight. The new episode of Scream Squad just dropped, Religion and Horror. Tell the people, well, what's going on on that episode, Chico? So, actually, it's, it's ironic that, uh, that, that I got uh, Joe Illich sitting right next to me here. Uh, we, uh, Leo, Leo Fairman and I discussed... Um, Dos Leos. Yeah, Dos Leos. Uh, Los Leos. Los Leos. Yes. Yeah, Dos uh, Leos, Los Leos. We, we, we discussed um, two British horror movies that sort of take op- uh, opposite views of, uh, but bad views of, of religion. And one of them is The Wicker Man. So talk, oh, which shit. which I watched with Joe about 15, 15 right. years That's ago, one late one night. Um, so, yeah. Um, it does not end well. Yeah. So, one, one of them is The Wicker Man. The other is Witchfinder General, which is... Uh, Vincent Price's you know, favorite role, yeah. So, and it's based on a real guy, and that was his title, who basically just rolled around England accusing people of being witches and then taking money for it. Nice, um, and good work if you can. Yeah, get it. and so, um, yeah, so yeah, we a bad we we titled this episode "Bad Religion." Uh, both both are really really dope movies, and uh, it came out of. Um, we were talking about what are we going to do next week on the episode last week, and Leo was like, we should talk about some Hammer movies. Hammer Films was like this uh, British film company that did a whole bunch of famous horror movies in the 60s and 70s, and they have so many that it would be impossible to do like one, you know, so we basically did two British horror movies from that period, but they're not Hammer Films. Nice. Bad religion. <laughs> so yeah, check it out. Come right. to the dungeon. Visit us in the dungeon and check out Scream Squad. Oh, so this is the spaceship and you two are in the dungeon. That's right. I like that. I yeah. like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, make sure you know you're subscribed to Fan Bro Show on SoundCloud where you can find all of these shows. Scream Squad. Shout out to LYC and Bowman12L over at Slam Bros. Shout out to the Deadly Diva and the whole crew over at the Outlaw Bars pod. Well, I was going to say, a few weeks ago, we actually, Outlaw Bars and Scream Squad, co- both of us covered the new Castlevania. I know, and I heard y'all yeah. had wildly different reactions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, but it's dope if you want to get, you, you you know, the ultimate uh, Fan Bros crew response, because there's, you know, five of us. You got me, Leo, 
and the ladies from uh, from Outlaw Bars. Definitely, we got to revisit that when the second series comes out and and have uh, and have a, you you know, have a group crossover. conclave. Yeah, yeah exactly, a crossover. And also, you know, like I said, we are always dropping new hotness on you. And big shouts to everyone who checked out Castle Black, the new podcast from the Fan Bro Show for all nerds crew covering Game of Thrones in its entirety. We just dropped our first episode this week. Once the season is over, we're going to have a special recap of every episode ever coming for you. So, you know, get ready for that. Make sure you're subscribed to Castle Black. Hit them up on Twitter, at Castle Black Pod. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more favorites. Hey everyone, this is Carla Perez. I play Rita Repulsa on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the 90s. Hey, what's up? This is Samus. This is Nikki Phillips. And this is Stacey Strobel. Yo, this is Carly Hustle. Hey, what's up? This is Jamila from Girl Gone Geek. Hi, my name is Roxanne Gay. Hey, this is the Shameless Maya. Hey, what's up guys? This is Maya G. Hi, this is Reagan Gomez. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Jean Grey. Hi, this is Lola Ganike. My name is Jamie Broadnax from Black Girl Nerds. Hi, guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you're not in a lotus position eating quinoa or, like, rapping to your your bay, you should be listening to fanbos. No, I said fanbos. Okay, hang on. comment leave a rating and you know it's time for one of my favorite segments of the show the guac is extra thank you to everyone who always sends in their questions to contact at fanbros.com you can also hit us on the twitters at fanbros show on the ig at fanbros show that's instagram you know what it is joe illich special guest tonight hit us with the question bro all right all right all right we got a question here from Demite-yo on Twitter. How do you feel about Josh Brolin being both Cable and Thanos? My answer is, it don't matter. Get that money. And it's all separate anyway. We all know that the Fox Marvel Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe are separate. It's not like Cable and Thanos are going to come face-to-face in like the Infinity War or anything like that. And the thing is, look, the Deadpool movie was hot. Deadpool 2 is going to be hot. Josh Brolin as Cable works. Cable is an old, tired, weathered man. He's supposed to look that way. And the fact of the matter is, you know, we just got to have faith because there were a lot of people who slept on Deadpool and Deadpool just rolled over all the hatred and all the expectations and just turned out to be a superior superhero film. So me, I have no complaints whatsoever. Same way that Alfre Woodard played two different characters in, like, the Marvel Universe. You know what I say to you? Make that money. Make that money. I really didn't care, and uh, but they were also asking what, what other actors do you think should be getting a chance, you know, because he's getting both of those roles. Somebody, I can't actually remember who it was, but somebody did post a picture of someone 
as uh, Cable a few weeks ago before this came out, and I can't actually remember who the actor was, but I was like, yeah, that's the perfect casting. Well, you know, it was jocking for it hard, it seemed. And he was a good-looking Cable. My man, Stephen Lang. Yeah, yeah that's who it was. Yeah. It was a picture of Stephen Lang. I mean, that's Stephen, exactly who it I think was. Stephen Lang that's actually... Right. Took pictures was. of himself in the gym working. Yeah, was, and he was yeah. like, "I want yeah. this cable roll." Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And look, that would have been amazing because Stephen Lang is an amazing actor. I mean, you and I go back to the Michael oh, Mann absolutely, days, absolutely. the Michael Mann days and Crime Story, yeah. Crime Story, Manhunter, yep. and stuff like that. Oh, that's so, right, he is a Manhunter. Of course, yes. of course. So, like, my man has the chops. <laughs> he would have made a great cable. But look, we're talking about Hollywood, and it's like. Who's going to put the asses in the seats? And there's a certain ticket buying section that you say Josh Brolin and suddenly Deadpool 2 has taken on a whole other level of curiosity to get their asses in the seats. The thing that's weird, though, also, it's not the same as Alfred Woodard, though, because Thanos is under all this makeup. And I do think it's weird. Like, I didn't even know when I saw the most recent Star Trek movie that the villain was Idris Elba until the end of the movie. Mm. And so, I, you know, when, when they actually show that it's him. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why they get these A-listers and then put them all under these makeups. Like in, uh, not Rogue One, but the, the Force Awakens with Lupita Nyong'o. I mean, it's like, you could have cast anybody. I mean, all, you know, I mean... Well, that's that's the other side of it though, because people have been talking about Domino from um, Deadpool two, and that uh, yeah, Zadie Beats looks great. She looks great. She to looks me. absolutely amazing. But the other side of it is, people wanted the comic accurate version, and they're like, if you're gonna put what's her name uh, as Gamora, you know, and put her in green makeup, why wouldn't you do that with Zadie Beats? I I mean I don't know. I think she looks fine. In every sense of the word. Um, no, but I think she looks great. Uh, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are people really saying stuff about that? Yes, people are quite upset, as always. And, you know, my argument is that, you know, as always, these changes from comics to films don't really affect the comics. From no, I'm, I mean, I have issues with Preacher, but I think, like, Ruth Nega is, without a doubt, like, probably one of the best things about I mean, actually, all three of the leads are fantastic. Yep. My issue is with some of the directions that they're taking and the amount of time they're taking with them. But, like, I, I just, I can't believe that. Yeah, I mean, no, people, I mean, it's always, and then it always goes back to what I always say, that this only seems to come up when it involves changes of, you know, ethnicity or gender. And, you know, we've already talked too much on Domino and all that, so what's our next question, Chico? His Instagram is uh, Jaron Mart or J. Aaron Mart. Um, if you could see any African, Caribbean, black mythology or old folklore uh, in movie format, animation, or live action, what would it be? For example, John Henry, Kiriku, et cetera. Oh, that's a great one right there. Wow. Well, for me, you know, it would go back to something I discussed earlier, which is, you know, Octavia Butler. With Mind of My Mind, she has the whole mythology about the patternness. Mm. So to me, you know, people of color with, you know, mentally enhanced abilities um, as movers and shakers in this world, to me, that could be like the new level of X-Men, you know what I'm saying? And mm. something like that, I think, would just be pretty amazing on screen. And the thing is, you know, we're kind of headed in that direction. So something like that, I think, who to say that can't really be done in like the next four years? So for me, it would be a kind of mythology like that. Okay, Chico. See, I, I'm a big like you know I like the historical stuff. Yeah. So I would like to see something like you know like um 
the greater, you know, Great Zimbabwe or Kush or whatever, one of these things where you have, um, I mean, it's not so much folklore, but, you know, like, you know, with the where with the Great Pyramids and, you know, Man, I think we might have to edit that out of the episode right there, Chico, because I think that's money. <laughs> Uh-oh, I said it's a trademark coming. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. I just, I did just say that. I don't know. Is that yeah. no, no. What's all we saying, you, know? you know, we'll figure it out. You know, when we start working on that one. Right. But uh, you know, some of that's trying to be like, zip, 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 zip. Um, I would also go with something more modern, and you know, I have to give another shout out to him, Daniel Jose Older, and the Shadow Shaper series. I'm already pretty sure. You know, he hasn't revealed it yet, but I'm pretty sure there's something working behind the scenes because. There's no reason for it not to be. And it's just one of my favorite series. And it involves, you know, uh, Puerto Rican, Dominican people who create, like, live, you know, monsters and creatures out of paintings, out of graffiti. So it's such an ill series and such an ill concept. And it's its own mythology. And I'm more of a fan, like, you know, I like history, too, and I love that idea. But also, I like the modern myths that we are creating. So I would go with that one. All right, for our next question from Kimmy Geek on Instagram, what device from Star Trek or Star Wars do you wish you could own? Yo, the replicator that makes any kind of food or drink or anything, without a doubt, from Star Trek, the replicator. I think that wins it. Yeah, and I was going to say, just the fact that you could get your food in crazy shapes, like spheres or cubes and stuff like that, Like, because I don't want to deal with all the complex shapes. Just give me... Good tasting cubes. That's all I really require out of life. Give me a cube that tastes like, you know, mac and cheese. Give me a jerk chicken cube. Give me like a strawberry banana smoothie cube. Like, that's all I need. You got like Energon cubes that taste That's what I'm flavors. talking about. I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, Tatiana, you know, from her spacewalk answers from Star Trek, she wants a transporter or at least a phaser. Star Wars, a dual lightsaber and an X-wing. Oh wow! I, you know, yeah, I would either go with the transporter or you know the replicator. I think the replicator because that can make a transporter, right? Can you just make ships eventually? No, no I thought it was just food. Is it? Can it make anything? Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I, I really too. think it's just food oh, because oh, if yeah. you have a machine that can make multiple phasers, yeah. then like the whole mirror mirror universe right. would have gone in an entirely no, different way. You know what I'm saying? It knows how to make any food, like in the known, you know, yeah, at I mean, least in, that you, Starfleet you, knows you about. Cubes, bro. I'm going with their uh, transporter, no. or or I mean Enterprise. I'm just going with the Enterprise. Wow. Keep it moving. You, I just, got want, you just want the whole ship? Yeah, I got a replicator. I get everything. Wow. I'm rolling. Nah, nah. You know where the real power is? The real power is where the dilithium crystals come from. Because you mm-hmm. can have all the ships in the fleet, but if none of them can move, uh, it sure don't indeed, matter. Sure and from Star Wars, I would probably go with a um, Star Destroyer. Mm. You know, the Super Star Destroyer. I'm just mm. rolling. You know, I'm always talking about rolling. But that shit would take... Yeah, no, I don't need all that. Yeah, you need so like all those people that you'd have to deal <laughs> yeah, with. Too much. And like wacky yeah. Empire people. Like yeah, that. so much. Yeah. And, if, and if you're not in the Empire and you have a Star Destroyer, it means they're going to know they're going to be after you. And you're yeah. going to spend the whole time running away from them. You know, really, I don't. I'd stay out of the Star Wars universe as much as possible. Really, it, like, come I mean, on, you don't want I, your own droid. There we yeah, go. you do. Yeah, you want your own droid. Yeah, I'll take. You know what? I love my man R two, but he can't really get around the small spaces. 
So I think I'll have to have my own BB-8. Yeah, I, I'd take a BB-8 over an R2. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, easy. Easy money there. Yep, yep. Thank you again, as always, to everybody for sending in your questions to contact at fanbros.com. Or you can hit us up on the Twitters, at Instagram, all those different places, you know, wherever. Leave a comment on the SoundCloud, iTunes, whatever, with your question. We'll find it. We'll get it to you. And thank you for everybody for sending in those questions this week. If your question didn't get answered and you did send it in this week, don't worry about it. You know, we'll bring a bat later on. We like to save some stuff, all that good stuff. Because we got much more on this show tonight. And we'll be right back. Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. And welcome back, Internets. Hope you've been enjoying this episode of Fan Bros Show, the For All Nerds Network, all that good stuff. And I know everybody is missing Tatiana tonight. We all are, but, you know, we still got to do some Tech Talk with Tatiana. And this week, the big news that everybody's asking about, everybody's talking about is Disney is pulling all their films from Netflix to start their own streaming service in 2019. The big news, I mean, the big money move. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's typical, though. Like, everyone's been saying already, like, you said this a long time ago, Chico, is that all these different streaming services are eventually just going to add up to you paying as much, if not more, for cable. Yeah, although I have to say that if anyone was going to do it, not, I'm not saying that I support it or, I, I mean, it, it's happening, whatever. I don't care either way. But it makes sense. Disney has, you know, Marvel, Pixar, and Star Wars. Like, yep. those are three of the most, you know what I mean? They, they, the amount of content and the popularity of the content, as well as the whole Disney, all that Disney catalog with, like, all those, Everything. like, you know, they started doing those straight-to-video sequels after I was a child or whatever. So the idea that there's, like, three Aladdin movies and, like, four Lion King movies and all this other, you know, like, they have so much content. I mean, there's already a Disney channel that it's a no-brainer and people will buy, will people will get it. I do think that Disney is in the unique position to do that in a way that others aren't. Also, Disney owns ABC, right? I mean, yep. they have a, 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 a an amount of content and a popularity of content that it actually makes sense for them more than... So, like, if Warner Brothers tried this, I don't think it would be as successful, you know? It's vertical integration equals Disney is gangster. Yeah. It's just, it's it's as simple as that, right? And like anyone in business will tell you, content is king, but you need distribution. Whoever controls distribution controls the means of getting the content to the audience. So they were just like, you know what? Let's just control it from top to bottom. It makes perfect sense. To me, what's really crazy about that is the news that came from Netflix one day preceding the announcement of Disney, which is Netflix purchasing Millar World, which is basically the publishing house for Mark Millar, who's basically the guy behind Kick-Ass, the Kingsman films, and Wanted. And basically, this is the guy who basically remade the Marvel Universe that led to the Marvel Cinematic Universe of films. 
So it's like, okay, Netflix buys a content house one day before Disney announces that they are pulling out. So the timing of that, it's just like Netflix is just preparing themselves. They're preparing themselves to make more content. And instead of making content that has the WTF effect, like, well, what's that? They're like, oh, this is the guy who made these popular films that you've been watching for the last 10 years. You're going to trust this stuff. And his stuff is so high concept and off the hook anyway that it's like these are going to make good television shows straight up. Yeah, easily. And like you said, it's a really big move by Millar, by Mark Millar, because, you know, I, like everyone, you know, who doesn't understand, he did Wanted. He did uh, Kingsman. He did um, Kick-Ass. Kick -ass. Two Kick-Ass films. Two Kick-Ass films. Two Kingsman films now. Exactly, exactly. And so and uh, the rest of his comics are already, he pretty much makes comics to option them to be the film The dude projects. has the deals in place before the first issue drops. And again, this guy wrote um, a Marvel series called The Ultimates, which basically reimagined the Avengers for the 21st century and the Ultimates is basically the template for the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you can basically trace this entertainment mechanism that has changed Hollywood and inspired a lot of biters back to Mark Millar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So come on. It's money. Mark Millar is gangster. Once again. He also co-created Aztec The Ultimate Man. There you go. Yes. Which are, Mark Millar is gangster. Which our very own Chico Leo was an editor on, I yeah, think. Yeah, I worked on that, yep. Yeah, all right. Way there back you, when. There you go. So, yeah, you know, folks, it's a lot of things happening with Netflix right now, even though they are, what, 20 bills in debt? 20 bill in debt, look. Yeah. Wealth and debt go together. There it is. The people who can't afford to be in debt are poor people. <laughs> <laughs> poor people cannot afford to be in debt. But when you telling me Netflix is 20 billion in debt, that's like you playing the world's smallest violin. Okay? They're going to solve that problem, all right? So I ain't worried about that. That is I have to say that is a lot of money. I mean, what is it? It's 10 $10 a subscription. That means that ten dollars a month. I mean, they do have that does require. I mean, I can't do the math. What is it? Twenty million, two hundred million yep. new subscribers. Well, that's actually, but it, it just per month. But also to get licensing deals, they get this, they get no, that. absolutely. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, I, I get it, but still, twenty billion dollars is a lot of money for debt. Amazon loses a gazillion dollars every day, but Amazon is intrinsic yeah. in the collection of companies that feed the necessities of our lives right. <laughs> and netflix is one of those if netflix were to disappear a lot of us would be crying except for the people who endured iron fist none of them would be crying right. but everybody else <laughs> i'm still waiting for a colleen wing supercut seriously wow. i mean come on like <laughs> colleen wing is one of the best Female heroes of color ever created and published at Marvel Comics. Get with the business, please. And she'll be making an appearance in Defenders, which is coming up. But I think actually Iron Fist would actually work if you just took the scenes with Colleen Wing and just and just literally, you know, just took those. I think it would actually still work. Will some fan out there please make the Colleen Wing supercut? Because now I'm salivating for this. Wow. All right, you know, and everybody is also asking for what is it? Uh, Daughters of the um, Daughters of the Dragon, Dragon. is required. Yeah. Can we just stop the nonsense? 
get Misty and Colleen into their own show together. And you know what that is? Money, 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 money. There it is. And also, people are asking us, uh, how does this Millar world affect people of color, creators of color? Like, will we see a lot of, you know, characters of color come out of this? And I had to tell you... Uh, Hello, world's kind ivory. Um, you know, and speaking on that, it's time for one of my, if not my favorite segment on the show, Comics I Hot. And, you know, we do have here in the spaceship tonight someone who's behind, you know, a, a universe that's not so ivory. That is correct. That is correct. I am the senior editor of the Catalyst Prime line for Lion Forge Comics. And Lion Forge Comics is about comics for everyone. The Catalyst Prime superhero universe kicked off this May. We have seven titles that are going to be coming out this year. Three of them have already dropped. Noble, which centers around a black married couple, which kind of has a born identity feel. We have Excel, which is about a Mexican-American speedster, because you know, contrary to some popular TV shows, the Latinos don't have to be the sidekicks while the white people run fast. Sometimes the Latinos can be the superheroes who run fast. And we just dropped a new series, Superb. Superb is about two teenagers. One is a young man with Down syndrome, and one is a teenage black girl who's a pop, a podcast activist. They both have superpowers. So basically it's like, you know, we have a superhero universe which has characters of color, which has characters from the LGBT community, which has writers and artists of color and from the LGBT community. We're working in conjunction with the National Down Syndrome Society, so we are making sure that the awareness of comics gets out to the mainstream, and we've only just begun. We have four more series dropping this year, and so you know what? You don't have to beg other publishers anymore to acknowledge you and to hire creators of color and hire more women. We have them right here at Lion Forge with the Catalyst Prime superhero universe. And in terms of comics, I copped. Somebody better have copped Excel today because a third issue of Excel with our speedster, our Mexican-American speedster, dropped today. And you got art there by Damian Scott, Robert Campanella, and Sigmund Torre. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is what speed should look like. There is no other comic out now that shows you what going fast and breaking barriers looks like, like this comic right here. And I'll even be straight up. Like I told Joe before, you know, when the first issue came out, I was like, okay, this is cool. The art drew me in. Definitely the art was incredible. But then the second issue came out, and that's when I was like, yo, it's sell. Okay, there's something going on here. Told you. This told is, you we were going to get psychedelic yeah. with that second issue, right? Yeah, it got real meta, real psychedelic real quick. And that's when I was loving it. I haven't had a chance to read the third issue, which dropped today, but I'm loving the series now. Superb is so far my favorite out of all of them, I have to say. I like Noble a lot. I like the first, you know, it's now on the fourth issue. Right, right. But Superb out the gate was the one where I was like, okay, I'm really, this might be the one. I thought it was Noble at first, but then Superb took over as my favorite so far. Yeah, what I really like about Superb, besides the characters, I love the creative team that I've put together for this book. You have my man David Walker, who writes Luke Cage for Marvel. He's writing War of the Planet of the Apes for Boom. You have Dr. Sheena C. Howard, mm -hmm. who wrote um, 
black comics, politics and race and representation. It is a book you must get. She just wrapped up the Encyclopedia of Black Comics, which is dropping in September. She is a writer, filmmaker. She's a professor at Ryder University. Like these two people coming together, of course, you're going to be dealing with a book that really looks at people with powers and people from different communities with more of a socio-political lens, right? And then you've got Ray Anthony Height, LeBeau L. Underwood, Darren Bennett, and you've got Veronica Gandini as a creative team. And, you know, you put it all together and you've got magic right there. So glad you're liking that book. Superb number one is hot and it's highly recommended. And I don't just say that I'm the senior. I'm saying it because it's good. Word up. And also in some other comics that dropped this week that you need to check out, Mr. Miracle Number 1 by Tom King and Mitch Gerard is just, I mean, you know, I always talk about Tom King and The Vision and Omega Men being two of my favorite series last year. And Mr. Miracle is looking like it's going to be another one of those joints. Mr. Miracle, the character, is a character created by Jack Kirby along with the rest of the new guys like Dark Side, Orion, Big Barda. And all of that history, if you know, you know, the story of Mr. Miracle and his history, this issue will hit you in your heart. Even if you don't know it, it's a very interesting issue about a descent into darkness and kind of like how Vision was, where Vision just was like, it just kept getting darker. I feel like this series might take that same path. It's only 12 issues, so we'll see where it goes. But the first issue was mind-blowing. And here's the thing with Tom King. Like, I have yet to read um, Mr. Miracle Number 1 in the Vision, but I read Omega Men. Ugh. And I read it in the collection. Yes. So I basically read it over a period of five days. Mm-hmm. And that set a standard yeah. for science fiction comics. So I think when you take Tom King and the science fiction genre and you put those two things together, like, we're done. We're yep. done here. He nails it. And I mean, he was a former um, CIA counterterrorist operative. So he really has a way of bringing sociopolitical dynamics into this superhero science fiction. So he just kills it, man. And I know a lot of people, I don't know if you heard about this, but a lot of indigenous people were kind of upset with him for one issue of Division where he started talking about redskins and things of that nature. I did hear about that. And I really liked the issue, but I also understand why they were upset. So, you know, if you were upset about that, obviously this Mr. Miracle doesn't have any of that, you know, in it. It's just a science fiction tale. I also highly recommend, like you said, I bought that Omega Men trade, and it's just one of the best 12 issues ever done i feel like nobody can write kyle rayner again unless you will you know pay attention kyle rayner to green lantern if you pay attention to what tom king did in omega man i'm just same way i feel like no one can ever write vision again unless you pay attention to what he did in the series that's how you got to do it when you get a chance to tackle some characters you have to find an angle that no one else has taken and you got to drop the mic and he damn sure did. Also out this week is uh, Wicked and Divine, one of my favorite series of all time right now. And, you know, it's just killing it. They're headed in towards the end game of this series. So definitely check that out. And I picked it up. It dropped out last week, but I picked it up this week was Paper Girls, the trade number three by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Ch- uh, Chang. Yep, Cliff Chang. Yep. I, I wasn't going to butcher that one up. 
But, you know, Paper Girls is just a dope-ass series about these young, you know, paper girls, girls who deliver papers, and everything starts a night they're delivering papers, one Halloween night in the 80s, in 1988 to be exact. And from there, it's just become utterly ridiculous. There's been time travel, perhaps dimensional travel, there's aliens, there's pterodactyls, there's dinosaurs, there's all this craziness. But it's at its heart are these four young girls, and it's just a very dope series. I mean, everything Brian K. Vaughn writes that I've ever read has, you know, become one of my favorite series ever, like Saga, like Why the Last Man. So definitely check it out. Paper Girls is very dope. Now on his third trade, pick those up. And that's it for Comic Psychop this week. And in some effed up news this week, uh no. The brother, LeVar Burton, is being sued by Reading Rainbow for using the catchphrase. Well, what's this catchphrase? I, I don't even know this joint. Like, I didn't even know. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the catchphrase is. I'm just surprised they're suing him and not doing, like, a cease and desist, telling him, you know, that uh, that's our property. I don't even know. Can can you do? I don't know. Well, well the catchphrase is, but you don't have to take my word for it. Which right. I, I didn't even realize that he used to say that on the show. Or, you know, right. I thought it was like reading is essential or something like that. I, no. have no, I have no idea. But, you know, it's messed up because this is LeVar Burton. Like, well, and it's, yeah, and it's like, and he won 27 Emmys doing your show. And and it's a kid, like, anytime you're like a kid show and you have a beloved performer and you sue them, I, that's just not a good look. No, not at all. Like a very, very terrible look. So, you know, uh, I mean, shout out to LeVar Burton. I'm sure this will get solved because the court of public opinion but I'm sure whoever owns Reading Rainbow really don't give a damn about the court of public opinion as well. So, is what it is. Also, you know, a lot of images dropped this week from various movies. You know, we saw, we were talking about Josh Brolin earlier. You know, he came out his cable. Yep, 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 yep. Worked I mean, out for that. I mean, he's not like gigantic like cable is, but neither is Stephen Lang. So, as far as, you know, I'm concerned, I think he looks great. I think, you know, Zazie Beats looks great. I think Deadpool 2 is shaping up to be fantastic like the first one was. And there was a lot of dope stuff from uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi, which I was talking about this the other night. It's so crazy because as big as a huge Star Wars fan as I am, I'm really much more looking forward to uh, Black Panther and Infinity War. And it's crazy because I know in November when that rolls around, I'm be like, you know, we got Thor, which I might be looking forward to more. But then at the same time, I know in November there's a new Star Wars with, you know, Luke and the last time we're going to see Lay on screen and a lot of other just, like, you know, momentous things. So it's crazy that that's just going to kind of sneak up on you, that the day and age we're living in, that a Star Wars film is really sneaking up on people. There's going to be holes in our pockets very soon. But yeah. I have to tell you, that Infinity War poster is hot. I wasn't even... Wait, there's a new one? because the, the I'm talking about the one that, like, had Thanos, and it looked three, like it had the, the guard, three. and then you see Iron Man's damaged, oh, destroyed yeah. helmet like, yep. in the foreground. Yep. And you know what I love? I love the confidence of companies where they have logos where it doesn't even say totally what it is, but you know what the hell it is. So it doesn't even say Infinity War. It has the Infinity symbol and war. Because they're like, y'all know what the hell this is. Yep. <laughs> I love... I love that level of confidence from Marvel Studios because they know they don't miss. They don't fail. <laughs> so whatever they put out there is going to be hot in some way, shape, or form. So when I saw that poster, I was like, you know what? It's on. 
Most definitely. And I mean, really, it's just the fact that the Russo brothers have already done uh, Winter Soldier and now Civil War and just absolutely murdered those two. And so, and then, you know, the same thing we have um, Kugler over on Black Panther and Creed, you know, was such a monster that I'm just like, okay, this guy, when he gets his hands on Black Panther, because the action in Creed was so crazy. And then when he gets all this Marvel mechanism behind him, it's just going to be stupid. Dude, listen to me very carefully. Melanin injections is going to become the next big business. Because mm. you're going to have a lot of people wanting to be black after Black Panther drops. Wow. They're going to be wanting to roll up with the dashikis and the darker skin and sitting in ultraviolet radiation tanks ain't going to do it. So somewhere there's a melanin injection business that is kicking off like fire. I'm telling you that right now. Mm, please believe it. And speaking of Creed, Creed 2 is bringing back Ivan Drago. Ooh. Not his kid? <laughs> I, mean, I hope so. I hope his ass ain't trying to fight young Michael B. Jordan because that's not a good look. I will break you. No, nah, he's trying to get broken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's not good. I am broken. <laughs> Well, they're saying in some form he will return. So I do believe that it has to be, you know, probably his kid or something is coming into the Or he, Or he's going to coach. Yeah, something. Because there's no way. I mean, Dolph is still in pretty good shape. But, you know, my money's easily on Michael B. Jordan in that case. He's laying him out. No problem. I mean, he's got to be like 70. Come on. <laughs> Yo, honestly, I would like rather him do like a sequel to the Punisher film now where he's just like older and more wrecked up and still living underground and killing people night after night before I see him come back to Creed. Mm -hmm. And also in some news that just, you know, once again, I'm just so excited and so happy about it. I couldn't believe it because I thought we were going to wait a long time for this. But Donald Glover says that all of season two of Atlanta has been written he says it's better than the first season, and it will be shot soon. So I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted because I think Atlanta was perhaps one of the greatest first seasons in television ever, ever. Well, he had come out and said like it's not going to that the he had, that it was pushed back or something yep. because of either the the Han Solo movie or Lion a childish King right and, and childish Gambino album and yep. all, all, so like. Um, yeah, I mean, that's dope, but I mean, they haven't shot it yet, so it's not going to come until like late 2018, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm good with that. That'll yeah. work, you know, because, you know, take your time. Make sure it's dope, Donald, you know, and the man is just, you know, a creative monster right now. He also had a meeting. Oh, and also Lakeith Stanfield has been in everything in like yes. the last like six months to a year. Which is I fantastic. just saw Jessica, Jessica Williams movie and he, he's in that too. Nice, you know, because the dude is working. Yeah, get that money. he is working. You know, as we say, get that money and, you know, good to see. Donald Glover is gangster. Yes. And also, let's not forget that among his many other accomplishments, he is a high-ranking producer of an upcoming Deadpool animated series. That's right. To loop it back. There it is. To my man Deadpool. Wow. That's crazy. Money, 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 money. Yeah, keep it, keep it coming. And also, Insecure has already been confirmed for a season three. Snowfall has been confirmed for a season two. So it is just going down right now for people of color. Like you said, melanin injections might be the new wave because... It's happening, it's happening. Yeah, it really is. The money is rolling in, you know, and they're learning one way or the other. You got to do it. 
Because a bunch of them want to be black. Yeah, and you know, who you know, I think that's it for that. But we do have a special return tonight, so you know, it's time for Chico's pick of the week. Yeah, as always, and thank you for returning with the question mark. That's right. So, um, I just watched uh, on on Netflix the founder. Which is uh, stars Michael Keaton as Ray Kroc, the guy who founded uh, McDonald's. Yep. And I actually, you know, when Birdman came out, a lot of people were like thought that it offered a lot of commentary on, you know, Batman. Michael Keaton had played Batman. I thought this actually offered a lot of commentary on the Vulture and like, what if the vault? What if that Spider-Man Homecoming had been from the Vulture's point of view? <laughs> what? And so. I've seen- yeah and it well basically i mean it's a whole like indictment of capitalism in the sense that like he yeah i mean he is the hero or whatever but he a creates this monstrosity you know that one that one percent of the world's population eats mcdonald's every day like that's a pretty crazy that's it just one percent i mean that's a lot i, I mean think about more. i mean of the world think know, about like would, the world you I know would, I would think, I would like it's probably higher in yeah. in america but no one percent of the world eats mcdonald's and you sort of see how he creates this monster. And yeah, with good intentions. I just I literally the whole time I literally was thinking this this literally is like if if Spider Man was from the vulture's point of view. So I I, uh, I I I gotta I gotta I gotta say that. Also on Amazon, Suspiria, which is a great um uh 70s Italian Spanish horror movie, one of the most visually stunning movies ever with one of the greatest soundtracks ever by the group Goblin. Uh, and so uh, you got uh, the founder on Netflix and Suspiria on Amazon. Very nice. I've actually seen the founder, but I haven't seen Suspiria. But anything with a great soundtrack that you oh, recommend, yeah. I'm going to have to check out. All right. So that's it this week. You know, as we wrap up this episode of Fan Bros Show, thank you as always to everyone who subscribed on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Make sure you head over to lootcrate.com slash fanbros. Use the code fanbros. Get your bid discount on anything on that site any and everything go get you some of that check out our loot crate unboxing videos on youtube.com slash show youtube.com slash loudspeakers network for all of our other content you know mr illich please let the fan bros everyone out there know where they can find you at all right all right all right they can find me at joe illich on facebook Joseph P. Illage on Twitter, Illmaster1 on Instagram, and you can follow Lionforge at Lionforge on Twitter. The superhero science fiction line I'm editing is called Catalyst Prime. You can go to at Catalyst Prime on Twitter. And other than that, I am around for discussions all the time. Let's talk, let's talk. All right, Chico, what about you? The Chico Leo at Twitter. And you can find also at uh, the Scream Squad at Twitter. Yeah. And uh, that's about it these days. Word up. All right. And as always, thank you to everyone out there. Hope you have a blessed week. And we'll catch you next week on Fan Bros Show. Fan Bros. Fan Bros. Fan Bros.